Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Hello there, happy June, and welcome to a very personal, uh, shorter than usual episode. I want to share a story with you today. It is most definitely a food story. It's actually a fairy tale. And this this fairy tale connects me to some of the people in my life that are most precious to me. It connects me to both of my grandmothers, to my cousin Terry, to my great-grandmother, to my own children, and to my niece Hannah. And I'll explain a little bit about why this story connects me to each of them. But first, before I talk about that, I want to ask you if there is a fairy tale, myth, uh, tall tale, folk tale from your own childhood memories, from your own culture, from your own heritage that centers around food, I would love to hear it. I think it would be fun to maybe even create an episode um, based on these or at least a blog post. So if you can think of one that you know and or love, could you just email me at becky at thestoriedrecipe.com and tell me the name of it, a little bit about it, um, and we'll see. We'll see if we can go from there. I would love to hear from you. This fairy tale that I am about to read also... I think becomes uh, more meaningful to me. And you know, there's nothing deep about this fairy tale. In fact, it's quite problematic <laughs> to me as I read it as an adult now. But it does connect me, I think, in many ways to my childhood. Um, and it <laughs> it shows this continuity of interests and passions that have repeated um, throughout my life. Because I think I look now with a little bit of a chuckle or some irony back at the fact that one of my favorite fairy tales was the one that really involved food. (laughs) And it makes me feel like um, it just seems like this podcast really is such a good fit for me and my interests when I look back at this story. So um, a little bit about the people that this, that this fairy tale is going to connect me to. Um, I'm sitting right here at my desk holding a book, the book of classic fairy tales. It's gorgeously illustrated, which was always important to me as a child. And the nameplate on the second page um, has in the childish hand of my cousin Terry. You know, this book belongs to Terry and her, and her address at the time when she owned this book. And um, I think that's just a special thing for me to own. I'm really only in touch with my cousin Terry over Instagram these days. But as a child, I nearly idolized her and I still admire her so much. Terry has been a teacher now, certainly for over 20 years, Um, maybe over 25. Terry, if you're listening, I'm not sure. Terry has always spoken up Um, about the things and the people that matter to her. And she takes her job very seriously. And she takes um, the policies that affect her students very seriously as well. I think that there's not a person listening who doesn't agree that the last few years, and certainly even the last week, have been very difficult on our teachers. And Terry, who has um, just managed all this while raising three kids through re- really pivotal 
years of their life. <laughs> I think it must be exhausting. And I look at her with awe and admiration and appreciation. And I still admire her sense of fashion, which never fails her and is never anything <laughs> that I could begin to emulate. So by connecting, by this book connecting me to my cousin Terry, it also connects me to my very, very dear Grandma Haber, who I think about almost every day. This was my father's grandmother, and I grew up next door to her. She was not a grandmother who read fairy tales, and she was not a grandmother who cooked with me either, but <laughs> she was a grandmother who became like a friend, uh, almost even like a sister to me by the time she died. Like I said, I grew up next door to her, and we spent many, many, many countless hours in conversation together. And when I went to write my bio for the Storied Recipe podcast website, thestoriedrecipe.com, I was amazed that what I began to write about was my grandma and grandpa that I grew up next door to, and the way that the stories of their lives shaped me and my view of the past, of history, of my heritage, of, of my morals and values. And uh, they and those hours in their cool and dark basement, I think, were the beginning of this podcast. Um, reading any fairy tale also always connects me to my grandma Reynolds, my mother's mother. We didn't live quite as nearby, but we also were very, very close. And a lot of our bonding, especially in my very, very early childhood years, did happen over books. My grandma Reynolds had lots of books in her basement. I used to sneak down there and read them you know, for hours. I was always reading as a child. And uh, particularly, she had these two big tomes, these really elegant leather uh, volumes of one Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales, one Grimm's fairy tales. The edges of the pages had gold on them. And she used to read these to me um, for as long well, I, I would never stop listening. So <laughs> I don't know what made us ever stop. I was going to say for as long as I would listen, but I don't think I was ever the limiting factor on that, actually. Um, she would read them to me. And then eventually, when I learned to read, she would listen as I read them to her. And I have such happy memories um, of those times. I can even feel right now the way that her sofa um, cushions felt on my legs, on my little short legs. And uh, so this this book, this story um, connects me to my grandma Reynolds as well. And finally, just this act of reading out loud uh, a story, which I'm about to do in a moment, connects me to my own kids. This is just, <laughs> there's many, many ways that I failed as a mother every single day, uh, especially when my kids were young. And reading was the one thing we could always do together that brought us back together. We all loved it. It happened every single day. When I couldn't do anything else, at least I could read to my kids. Um, we loved going to the library. We loved reading. And I just, I'm excited to share this uh, with you, this act of reading out loud. Now, after I read the story, I'll tell you a little bit more of why this connects me to my great-grandmother and my niece, Hannah. Uh, but it, first, without any further ado, here is one of my favorite fairy tales of all time. It goes by many, many different names, but in this book, it's simply called The Precious Gift. 
And again, as I read this, could you please think of any folktales, myths, fairy tales from your own childhood memories and culture that center around food and just send me the name of those or a little bit of a summary at Becky at the storiedrecipe.com. Once upon a time, there was a king who had three daughters. One day, one of them would be queen. The king could not decide which of them it should be, for they were all beautiful and they were all clever. I must make up my mind somehow, he said. I wonder what I can do. He thought and he thought, and at last he made a decision. I will ask each of my daughters to bring me a gift, he said, and the one who brings me the most precious shall be queen. So on the appointed day, he summoned them to the throne room. The eldest brought a, the eldest brought a silver bird in a silver cage, with, which sang when a key was wound. A truly beautiful gift, murmured the king. The second daughter brought a robe of finest silk, trimmed with the softest fur. Another truly beautiful gift, murmured the king. The third daughter brought a plain china bowl, which was so small it nestled in the palm of her hand. The king held his breath as he lifted the lid. What precious gift would he find inside it? When the king did not see what was in this tiny bowl, his face went red, and then it went purple. How dare you, he shouted. He jumped to his feet and threw the little bowl to the floor. How dare you insult me by bringing me common salt? But, but, the poor little princess tried to say something. But the king shouted, and the more he shouted, the more angry he became. Go, he shouted, go and never come back. Never, never, never. Of course, he was sorry he had said what he did when his temper cooled down. But by then, it was too late. The little princess had left the palace. She wandered sadly until she came to an inn. Please, let me stay here, she begged. I have nowhere to go. I will work. I'll do anything you ask. The innkeeper did not know she was a princess or he would have given her his best room and waited on her himself. But instead, he sent her down to the kitchen to help the cook. The cook was a kindly woman. She taught the little princess all she knew about cooking. The princess was quick to learn, and before long, people were coming to the inn specially to taste her pies and to sample her soups and salsas. The kindly old cook was getting old, and gradually the little princess did more and more of the cooking, until soon she was doing it all. Everyone who went to the inn talked for days afterwards about the delicious food eaten there, and it was only a matter of time before the king came to hear about the cook who could cook anything, and what was more, cook it perfectly. She must come to work in the palace kitchens, he said. She is the best, and the king always has the best. And so it was that the king's own daughter worked in the palace kitchens and cooked the king's meals, and no one least of all the king, had any idea who she really was. The day came when the king's eldest daughter was to be married. Such a hustle and bustle there was in the palace kitchens. Any banquet is important, but a wedding banquet is the most important of all, especially when a princess is marrying a prince. The little princess, who was now a cook, worked hard and long to get everything prepared. After the wedding, the king and his guests sat down at the tables in the banqueting hall. The king clapped his hands. 
Let the banquet and the merrymaking begin, he cried. The pages and the footmen filed into the hall carrying silver platters piled high with the most delicious food it had ever been the king's privilege to see. What a wonderful cook you must have, says a, said a visiting emperor. The king felt so proud. And then, as was the custom, he lifted his fork and took the first bite of food. Everyone watched and waited for the sign that they too could begin to eat. But to their astonishment, the king pulled a face and spat out the food. Prince and princesses, lords and ladies, footmen and pages, stared at the king with open mouths as he tried dish after dish, scowling harder and harder with each mouthful he tasted. Suddenly, he threw down his fork, and in a voice like thunder, he shouted, Fetch the cook! He looked so angry, everyone trembled, even the visiting emperor, and he didn't frighten easily. What's wrong? What's wrong? echoed in whispers round the hall. The cook came and stood with her head bowed in front of the king, who by now was scarlet with rage. You have cooked the food without salt, he roared. The banquet is ruined. You have shamed me in front of my guests. How dare you forget something so important? But I did not forget, said the cook, who was really a princess. The king was so astonished at a humble cook daring to answer him back, he said nothing. And so she was able to continue. A long time ago, you banished a daughter because she gave you a gift of common salt. The king sat down with a bump on his chair. Yes, he did remember that. He had been sorry ever since. But how did the cook know about it? He looked at her closely. She lifted her head so he could see her face and smiled. The king jumped to his feet, scattering dishes with a clatter he did not hear. Daughter, he cried, it's you. Can you ever forgive me? You truly gave me a very precious gift, and I was too foolish to know it. Of course the princess forgave her father, and the banquet was not spoilt because she had arranged it that only the king's food should be cooked without salt. There was more food already prepared for him in the kitchen. And so the king and his daughter were reunited, and the princess once again took her rightful place in the palace. The end. So yes, leaving behind the narcissistic and borderline abusive king, <laughs> probably not even borderline, I've always loved this fairy tale, uh, probably one, because it was a little out of the mold. It caught my attention a bit. And also because I love salt. <laughs> I really love well-salted food. And that is just two more connections. Um, my great-grandmother, this was my father's grandmother. My, um, I, I lived next door to my grandma Haber. It was her mother. And she uh, actually lived to be 103. I was 25 when my great-grandmother died, and um, she even got to hold Jack, my oldest son. So she lived quite a long time and told quite a few stories. Um, I learned a lot from her, and she taught me how to make gravy. And well, my mom taught me how to make gravy, but she taught me the secret to gravy was that if a little salt was good, a lot was better. <laughs> and she fried the best chicken uh, in the world. 
And so that connects me to her. And then finally to my niece, Hannah, who loves salt and salty gravy as much as Mima and I did. So I just wanted to share that with you um, this week. And I do hope again, please, 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 if your family or in your childhood or through your culture, you know of a fairy tale or a folk tale that centers around food, would you share it with me? Um, you can just tell me the name. You can tell me a little bit about the story. Just again, email me at Becky, B-E-C-K-Y at thestoriedrecipe.com. I also want to remind you, as always, that I am dependent on you to grow this podcast. So if I could please ask you to leave a five-star rating and a review of the podcast, you can do that by scrolling down in the show notes and just finding um, a link to lovethepodcast.com. That link will make it super easy for you to leave a rating review. Also, please forward this episode, or if not, maybe not this episode, please forward any episode that you like to a family member or friend. Those things all help so much. Um, If you want to check out the new Storied Recipe website, it's really coming along. I've been working on it since um, late February, early March. Things are starting to come together. Check it out at thestoriedrecipe.com. In the meantime, I hope that you have a week where you can just enjoy some of the connections that I just got to reminisce on. I hope you can reminisce on some of your own. I hope you can make a few with the people in your life that you love. And I hope you have a great week, my friends. 